Hi everyone, Sam here. I wanted to let you know about something that you may not know about this podcast. I have set up a supporter page for listeners to show their support in different ways other than sharing and reviewing the platform. It's called Buy Me A Coffee and what that allows supporters to do is to donate to the podcast. As many of you know, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Stitcher and lots of other platforms as well. And there is no paywall attached to it. Now, to get our amazing guests on, it does require a lot of work, and I know that so many people appreciate it. So if you are interested in donating to the podcast, please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash CritCastPod. Thanks again for your support, and enjoy the episode. Hi guys, welcome back to CritCastPod with your host, Sam Crick. This is the podcast that offers the personal side behind the persona of world-leading athletes and performers. It is our Road to the Euros series, and we are back with another special guest. Please welcome Sophie McKenna. Sophie, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you on the podcast, uh, involved again. We're back-to-back weeks now. We had a voice note from you last week on uh, on your competition in Loughborough, and now we're starting the build-up for the Europeans. Yeah, it's really exciting. Obviously, only a few days to go now before we, we start competing. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time. And you've already come on a bit of a bit of a journey today. Um, we, we're recording at nine o'clock in the evening on, on Monday evening. Um, but tell us about even your journey to, to get where you are today. And obviously, tell us tell us where you're at. Yeah, so um, obviously today I'm waiting at Heathrow Airport, ready to fly out to Poland tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I live in Norfolk, so that's like a million miles away from everywhere. So, um, yeah, I have to be quite prepared when, when traveling. But, yeah, my athletics journey um, started a, a long time ago now. I was about um, 11 or 12 years old. I joined the local athletics club. Um, I started off as a sprinter, which a lot of people obviously would probably find hard to believe now. But, yeah, my mum said to me when I was about 13, 14, oh, you should have a go at the shop. Put. And I was like, mum, that's not cool. Like, I'm a teenager. I'm not going to listen to what you're telling me. And, yeah, I'm glad she kind of made me do it. She paid for an event and was like, well, I've paid for it now, so you've got to enter. So, yeah, I, I threw the shot and it kind of hooked me. And, uh, yeah, the rest of history, as they say, really. I, I started training for it and, you know, obviously was lucky enough to win a lot of, a lot of medals along the way, sort of county-wise and, and then nationally and then, Obviously got my first international vest back when I was 15. So, yeah, feels a long time ago now. Yeah, I don't, don't want to put any numbers on it. Um, you know, talking years and stuff like that. I uh, want to avoid any of that. But I guess just the whole journey itself um, is is just incredible. I guess that progression throughout and, uh, you know, your appearance in the, the World Championships that we all watched uh, is just, you know, testament to that sort of movement all the way through the age groups and, you know, developing your you know, your skills really in, in those, um, those events. And we spoke before um, about the sort of the publicity and the promotion of, of the field events, because I guess as, you know, as track and field in general, um, the field events is often neglected. We're sometimes lucky to have a little uh, split screen, but, you know, especially for the shot put as well, I think it's good to give that exposure where you may not get it in, in some of the champs. Yeah, I think obviously shot put is like one of the sort of neglected events as many of the field events are. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people when it's broadcast only get to see a, a snippet of an event and don't necessarily get to see the full picture. And, you know, if you watch a, any field event um, from start to finish, it's, it's often really exciting with, you know, only centimetres making a difference. So, yeah, I think it's important to, to sort of kind of push field events out there. And, you know, obviously they're the, the, the really technical events. They're They're sort of you know, in my opinion, the hardest in, in track and field to master. So uh, they can throw up some some really sort of surprise results because 
in technical events, a lot of it is on the day and how you feel. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's exciting. And I think often it just isn't given the credit it deserves, really. Definitely. And and just to jump into the technique side of it, I asked um, an interesting question to, to James Ellington, a 100 metre sprinter. And I, I asked him, you know, when do you know when a hundred, when a hundred meter race is fast? Because obviously it's just margins and, you know, in the shot put, like you say, it's centimeters between first, second, third, you know, top eight getting into those finals. Um, you know, how do you know when, you know, you've really connected with a shot or what is the vocab as well? I need to know the vocab um, of sort of, you know, connecting with, uh, with a throw. Yeah, it's, it's exactly as you say, you know, you know, when you connect with a throw, um, the feeling is like uh, no other, really. It's, it's like a bit of an unconsciousness because, you know, it's almost like that everything has come together and, and the timing's exactly right. It's, it's actually very, very hard to describe what that feels like. I think, um, you know, we do it day in, day out. We know exactly what a good throw and a bad throw feels like. But when you catch that big throw, yeah, it's, it's a really bizarre feeling. It's kind of a bit of an out-of-body experience. I mean, when I threw that 1861 in Doha, I didn't even need to watch it land to know how far it went. You know, I, I knew it was big um, just by letting go of it. So, and, and I think everyone, every field event will know that, you know, from a jumper to a to a thrower, you know, you know whether it's a big throw. I think it goes down to those, those fine margins, the marginal gains that we always speak about that is important. And one thing that, you know, you might have had not had the structure over the last year is in the training. Um, and how have you sort of worked over the marginal gains and, you know, those small improvements that are going to make a big difference come to championships whilst being in such a disruptive year? Yeah, actually, um, the year the year of COVID, if you like, done me a lot of favours. Um, I actually had a really bad ankle injury last March. I um, ruptured my ATFL in my ankle and another, uh, tore another two ligaments. So I was in, uh, in one of the plastic boots and on crutches for several, several weeks. So when the Olympics got cancelled, actually, it was a bit of a blessing in disguise for me. So I was thrown in the garden. Um, I've got a portable circle. Have you, have and I you got a big enough garden. garden? Is the garden big enough? Yeah, because um, obviously I live in Norfolk, so I'm right in the country. So, right. uh, yeah, we, we've got we've got um, sort of big enough space to throw, which I'm very, very lucky to have. And yeah, so I put my portable circle down and threw in the garden. And then I, I brought my, my gym equipment and put a gym in the garage. And uh, yeah, not, not a lot really changed for me in terms of sort of, training because I was able to pretty much continue once my ankle had got better pretty much continue as usual and uh, me and Mike my coach um, we, we done sessions over zoom and uh, he broke all my technique down and, and built it back up again and, and I must say it's done me the world of good because I had a lot of bad habits and obviously that year gave us time to sort of you know not necessarily have to worry about it throwing a long way we could just you know get through the frustration of not throwing far in training and, and learn new technique and obviously you know the results have shown this year yeah that's incredible and and when it comes down to the I mean I guess we're talking about technique again but when you're that you've got that video evidence would you have done that in training pre-covid or would you have just had your coach watching you and going we just need to adjust that or would you have a, a sort of hybrid approach a bit of both yeah so actually it's really it's really different for me so I would see Mike once a week uh, at Lee Valley and then I'd do two independent sessions away from him so um, obviously not necessarily getting that same uh, coach athlete time. So we now do three sessions a week effectively together, although apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's done me the world of good. Like he he has, uh, you know, had that, had more control over what I'm doing in training. Bad habits can't creep back in because he's constantly watching. It's actually been really effective. And obviously, hopefully now COVID is slowly starting to come to an end. Um, we're still going to continue to do the Zoom sessions twice a week and I'll still see him in, in Lee Valley once. So, um, yes, yeah, <laughs> we've learned every, a lot from COVID. Cloud, and actually right? a lot every of positive cloud. things. 
Yeah, exactly. It seems to have worked well. Um, I mean, that's fantastic to hear. And especially, you know, when it does come down to the fine details, you need to get it exactly right. And if, if like you say, if you only had contact time with him once a week and now you've got it, you know, three times, you, you can make as much progress in one week as you would have done in three weeks, let's say, um, you know, beforehand. So so that's incredible. And, and you're in a, a great position now where you've got the qualifying time. Obviously, you've been selected for the Euros, another GB vest going up on the wall after the champs. But we still got to got to get there. Obviously, we're at Heathrow Airport at the moment, heading out tomorrow. But you know, what are your sort of hopes and, and aspirations for for this week and the competition? Well, I was really poor in the last European Indoor Championships in Glasgow, so I'd like to make amends for that to start with. Yeah, I you know I've had a really good indoor season so far. I'm going into it ranked fourth in Europe, and you know that's within touch and distance of a medal. And, and I'd I'd love more than anything to be able to bring a medal home. But I think uh, anything in the you know finishing in the top five would be it'd be really good. And and to sort of you know back up the performances that I've already done. I think uh, I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself. And, and you know say I'm definitely going going out there to win a medal. I think because as soon as you start doing that, it can get sort of a bit tough. And I've never really been in this situation before. Sort of. You know, previously people have said, you know, making the final would be great. And now it's kind of like, oh, if you take a medal, it'll be great. So it's a bit, you know, it's a bit of a strange situation, a new one for me. So, yeah, I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself and, and hopefully go out there and, and do a big throw. And if I can do that and if that wins a medal, great. Fantastic. Well, I guess that's that's all you can look forward to doing. Go out uh, and enjoy yourself and just catch a throw. You know, I guess like obviously the, the experience itself is great. But like you say, going to some championships and you're you know it's good to make the final now you're making that next step and I'm sure that you know when that time does come there'll probably be you know you're always going to be wanting more um but it's great to to hear that you know we are like now on you know touching distance within the medals so we all wish you the the best of luck and I think that this gives a a really good insight into not only yourself but also the event um that is the shot put and i hope that people listening today will will definitely look out for it and i hope that the coverage is is good enough that we can get a real insight into the excitement of the event that uh, i've seen firsthand when you've thrown at loughborough and and also you know in in other events that have been shown on tv um so it's an exciting time yeah i hope i hope they they show it and uh, yeah it'll be really good if they do and it'd be nice to bring another medal home for gb that's the that's the most important part Fantastic. Well, Sophie, thank you so much for getting involved. Um, if people want to follow you on Instagram and a bit more of the build-up, um, where can they find you or any other social media platforms? Yeah, so I'm at Sophie Mac 10 uh, on all of my social media platforms. And I've got a Facebook page that I constantly update. So yeah, check those out. Nice. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Make sure you rate and review it and follow along with our Road to the Euros. Um, I've been Sam Crick, joined with Sophie McKenna for this episode of the series thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one